Mr. Gaynor will never know. Sweat started collecting under the straps of my shoulder holster. I could feel the silk blouse beginning to melt. I try not to wear silk and a shoulder rig at the same time. The silk starts to look indented, wrinkling where the straps cross. The gun was a Browning high-power 9mm, and I liked having it near at hand. Come on, Anita. I don't think you'll need a gun in the middle of the afternoon while visiting a client. Bert's voice held that patronizing tone that people use on children. Now, little girl, you know this is for your own good. Bert didn't care about my well-being. He just didn't want to spook Gaynor. The man had already given us a check for $5,000, and that was just to drive out and talk to him. The implication was that there was more money if we agreed to take his case. A lot of money. Bert was all excited about that part. I was skeptical. After all, Bert didn't have to raise the corpse. I did. The trouble was, Bert was probably right. I wouldn't need the gun in broad daylight. Mm, probably. All right, open the trunk. Bert opened the trunk of his nearly brand new Volvo. I was already taking off the jacket. He stood in front of me, hiding me from the house. God forbid that they should see me hiding a gun in the trunk. What would they do, lock the doors and scream for help? I folded the holster straps around the gun and laid it in the clean trunk. It smelled like new car, plastic and faintly unreal. Bert shut the trunk, and I stared at it as if I could still see the gun. Are you coming? he asked. Yeah, I said. I didn't like leaving my gun behind for any reason. Was that a bad sign? Bert motioned for me to come on. I did, walking carefully over the gravel in my high-heeled black pumps. Women may get to wear lots of pretty colors, but men get the comfortable shoes. Bert was staring at the door, smile already set on his face. It was his best professional smile, dripping with sincerity. His pale gray eyes sparkled with good cheer. It was a mask. He could put it on and off like a light switch. He'd wear the same smile if you confessed to killing your own mother, as long as you wanted to pay to have her raised from the dead. The door opened, and I knew Bert had been wrong about me not needing a gun. The man was maybe 5'8", but the orange polo shirt he wore strained over his chest. The black sport jacket seemed too small, as if when he moved the seams would split, like an insect's skin that had been outgrown. Black acid-washed jeans showed off a small waist, so he looked like someone had pinched him in the middle while the clay was still wet. His hair was very blonde. He looked at us silently. His eyes were empty, dead as a doll's. I caught a glimpse of shoulder holster under the sport jacket and resisted an urge to kick Bert in the shins. Either my boss didn't notice the gun, or he ignored it. Hello, I'm Bert Vaughn, and this is my associate, Anita Blake. I believe Mr. Gaynor is expecting us. Bert smiled at him charmingly. The bodyguard, what else could he be, moved away from the door. Bert took that for an invitation and walked inside. I followed, not at all sure I wanted to. Harold Gaynor was a very rich man. Maybe he needed a bodyguard. Maybe people had threatened him. Or maybe he was one of those men who have enough money to keep hired muscle around whether they need it or not. Or maybe something else was going on. Something that needed guns and muscle and men with dead, emotionless eyes. Not a cheery thought. The air conditioning was on too high, and the sweat gelled instantly. We followed the bodyguard down a long central hall that was paneled in dark, expensive-looking wood. The hall runner looked oriental and was probably handmade. Heavy wooden doors were set in the right-hand wall. 
the bodyguard opened the doors and again stood to one side while we walked through. The room was a library, but I was betting no one ever read any of the books. The place was ceiling to floor in dark wood bookcases. There was even a second level of books and shelves reached by an elegant sweep of narrow staircase. All the books were hardcover, all the same size, colors muted and collected together like a collage. The furniture was, of course, red leather with brass buttons worked into it. A man sat near the far wall. He smiled when we came in. He was a large man with a pleasant round face, double-chinned. He was sitting in an electric wheelchair with a small plaid blanket over his lap, hiding his legs. Mr. Vaughn and Ms. Blake, how nice of you to drive out. His voice went with his face. Pleasant. Damn near amiable. A slender black man sat in one of the leather chairs. He was over six feet tall. Exactly how much...